The scripture that I want to point out to you is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that portion of scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. It says there, right there in the scriptures, For all the promises of God in him, that's Jesus, are yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. All the promises of God, not just some of the promises of God. Every promise that God has made is found in Jesus Christ. If you are seeking it outside Jesus Christ, you will not find any one of those promises and you will not have eternal life. I will be stressing this point right to the, the word because this is what the Lord laid upon my heart this morning. It is a day called the Resurrection Day. We celebrate truly the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes? But today, I'm going to ask this question at several times and if you get a bit cheesed off with me, it's okay. I would like to know if the resurrected Christ has resurrected you in your life. If you have known the living Jesus in your life, and is Jesus in you? Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Blessed be his name. In the beginning, when you open up the book and go into the book of Genesis, the very first word says, in beginning. It's actually no word, the. It's in beginning. And that word in Hebrew is barashit. I've shared this some time before, but that word barashit actually means, translated or looked into a deeper sense, is God was going to send his son to die on a cross. The first word he spoke out from his mouth, before the world was created, before the foundations of this world was laid, nothing took God by surprise. He wasn't surprised when Adam and Eve were going to sin. He knew it all. Because he knew the end from the beginning. That's the kind of God whom we serve. Blessed be his holy name. We look to the book of Revelation where, and the book of Isaiah, two portions of scripture. You can note them down, you can write them down, or you can go back and listen to them. But please go home and read them. Because the word of God is going to bring life to you. The word of God is going to transform your life. When I read these portions of scripture, it was so wonderful to see the claim that Jesus makes, and what does he say? He says, these are the different things that he says. He is the Aleph and the Tav. I go back to the original text, Aleph and Tav. The beginning and the ending. The first and the last. In Greek, it says the Alpha and the Omega. If you look at the meaning of these words, you will understand what Jesus is saying. He is the originator. He is the originator of all things. Nothing came without him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. He is the Aleph, the first and the last. And then he says, he's also the ending of all things. What does that mean? Is that finally completely over? No. It means he's the conclusion of all things. But his conclusion also brings a new beginning. The conclusion of all things is not the end. There's a beginning of eternity with the Lord. So when one comes to the end of their life, if you are in the Aleph and the Tav, that's not the end of your life. You have eternal life to live with the, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is why we rejoice this morning. We know our dear sister who has gone to be with the Lord. But if somebody is not found in Christ, 
If you've not known that resurrection power of Jesus Christ, you cannot be raised up on that last day. You must know him. It's very crucial in these scriptures that you not read the scriptures and know the scriptures, but you might know the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way. The promises of God that came right from the book of Genesis, it says, not one of the promises of God, even to Israel, who did not know the Savior at that time, were about his son. It was coming through the son, through the Messiah, through the one who will come and die on the cross. And so in the book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, you will see what God says to the serpent. God makes a promise and he passes a sentence. And that sentence is passed upon that serpent. This is what he says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. And he said, And I, God, will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That's what the translation says. But if you look at the scripture carefully, you will begin to understand and know the depth of the scripture and what the word of God says. God says he'll put enmity between the serpent and the woman and between her seed and his seed. And if you look at that word, uh, he, in the word, in Hebrew, is the word who. It sounds like who. You say who, but it's H-O. It has three different pronouns to it. He, she, and it. And some translations corrupt it, and they use the word she. She shall bruise the serpent's head. She cannot bruise the serpent's head. It's the seed of the woman that will bruise the serpent's head. So we understand, and you go through the other scriptures, right through the New Testament, you will find that the seed is Jesus Christ. He is the one who crushes the serpent head. Yerd uses the word bruise, but if you look at the actual word, one of the word is bruise, but the other stronger word is crush. He crushes the serpent's head at Calvary, and that's why we celebrate the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The serpent could only bruise his heel. And so here, we can look scientifically also to this, that a woman does not produce a seed. It's the man who produces the seed. And the God is the giver of the seed. So we know very clearly that we can stand on the promises of God. We look at Hebrews chapter 2, 14 to 18. You can go to Hebrews chapter 2. only good to read the word of God because when you hear the word of God the scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so you can hear the word of God this morning Hebrews 2 14 to 18 for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he also that's Jesus himself likewise took part of the same that through death Jesus through that, he might destroy him, that is Satan, that had the power of death, that is the devil. It's very clear in the scripture that Jesus destroyed the serpent. He is the one, the seed who came through the woman. And to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him 
the seed of Abraham. And so we know that it's the Lord Jesus Christ. I just wanted to stress this before I go into the rest of the sermon. You're going to hear right through this word and let this resound in your heart that it is in Jesus Christ. To be found in him means everything. It's not just a day that we are going to celebrate today, but I want to make sure that I am in Christ. I want to make sure that you are in Christ because I do not know if you will be here the next Sunday. I do not know if I will be here the next Sunday, but it's going to be so glorious for you to be with the Lord next Sunday. How wonderful is that? That is the assurance we want to have. Blessed be his holy name. Let's go to 1 Peter 1, 18 to 23. I want to run these scriptures through, let them speak for themselves. Let the word of God do his work. It's so wonderful. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 to 23. It clears up, it clears up what we spoke about. What tradition comes and says that the woman was the one who crushed the serpent's head. But we know it's not the woman. It says very clearly in the, in the scriptures. And in the book of Peter, it says very clearly from verse 18, For as much as you know. Do you know that? For as much as, as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Did your fathers give you this tradition? Did your fathers give you any vain traditions that are not found in the word of God? If they've given you any vain tradition, throw it away. You don't need it. It's not going to help you. It will actually destroy you. Because this is what the word says. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And now here again it refers to the beginning. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ of Nazareth was not something that God cooked up when Adam and Eve sinned. He had the plan before the foundation of this world was laid. Blessed be his holy name. I just want you to get this into your heart, to know that through the scriptures, it is only being found in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will receive every promise. I told you that earlier, you will keep hearing this often from me. Until it gets into your heart and let it get into your soul and then let it get into your life and then let the word of God be become manifest in a living way in your life. The scriptures do not make an allegory of being in him. The reality of being in him is very important. Sometimes we think it's a picture. It's just a picture that the Bible says about being in Christ. But being in Christ is not a picture. It's a reality and it's a living experience. When you live in Christ and you know that Christ is in you, there's nothing that you will fear. When fear presents itself, as we heard some time ago, our brother shared at communion, when Satan came knocking at that door and that home was fully given over to the Lord, Jesus came and answered the door. Just imagine what happens to Satan. He flees away. And that's what happens when he comes to you, when he comes to you with temptation. When he sees Jesus, he has to flee away. But he's so dirty and filthy, he keeps coming back again. He does not know. Until the final day, he'll be cast into that lake of fire. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, we read what the scripture says. It says, according as he, that is God, has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love. You look at the word again, it is found in him and you can go back to 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 3.20 and see what the scripture says. Every promise of God is yes and in him it is amen. It is in Christ Jesus. So we need to be found in him. The book of Ephesians tells you so many number of times just there alone that you need to be found in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 and verse 7, just few verses away, this is what it says. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It's found in him. Ephesians 2 and 6 says we are raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in the church. In Christ Jesus, hallelujah. It's in Christ Jesus. It's not in the church. It's not found in the church. It's not found in the man. But it's found in Christ. What a level does he take you to? But you cannot go there on your own. It's together with Christ. That is in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you're not seated in that place. And you do not have that position that he has. That he gives you that authority. Because he became one like us. And he paid the redemption price for us. So you see how much more it becomes important to you and me to be found in Christ. Ephesians 3 speaks about the Gentiles. You go back to, the, to uh, go forward. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 6. It says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. You receive it by the gospel. If you want to be in Christ, you come to him through the gospel. You come to the cross. And that is where true repentance brings a wonderful change in you. Christ in you and you in Christ. The spirit of God working in you and now Christ is living in you and you are in Christ Jesus. When you are in that state, it's the most wonderful, glorious state. And that happens to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We become partakers and fellow heirs with the saints of God, with those from the Old Covenant, from the Old Testament. We become fellow heirs with them because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not because you and I were able to keep a law. You cannot. It's impossible. But by the promise that God gave, you have become fellow heirs. How wonderful is that? That liberty that God has given to you does not give you a liberty to do as you please. We'll see that later. But that liberty is glorious because you cannot get it any other way. So be found in him, please. I want to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Blessed be his holy name. Paul goes on to say in verse 8 that God gave him the grace to preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. People are searching and they think, I found him and I know everything about him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that. Because the more I study the Bible, the more I understand, the less I know about Jesus. 
It does make me cry, honestly. I begin to say, Lord, I, I do not know if I know you, God. I know you're the one who came. I know you're the wonderful God who saved me. I know you gave me victory over sin. That's how I know it. Because sin no longer has dominion over me. But Lord, I want to know Jesus. And Paul would cry that out so often that I may know him. And he goes on to say in verse 9, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery, which, is, which from the beginning of the world had been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now all this is happening from the beginning, before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation, he knew you. He knew your name, he knew your address, he knew where you will be, he knew when you will be born, he knew what you will do, he knows the day when you will die. Is that enough? More than enough. No doctor can tell you this, but the Lord Jesus Christ, he has you in his hand, if you are found in him. Blessed be his name. Brothers and sisters, and children of God, there are children also here who are listening and hearing the word of God. The scripture is very clear. You can hear from churches, and you can listen from men and priests, things that they will say, wonderful things. But if you don't hear it from the word of God, I will ask you, and I will tell you today, please reject it. If it's not in the scripture, it's not in the word of God. If it's not in the word of God, it's coming from elsewhere. I've shared this sometime before. I want to be very clear on this, because when you stand here to share the word of God, there's an accountability. If you're going to hear some fancy stories here that's going to make you comfortable in that chair, you might go home and may go to a lost eternity. That blood will be upon my head. And I myself will be accountable on the day of judgment. But we ought to be so certain and so sure about the scripture. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Blessed be his name. Eternal life is found only for those who die in Jesus Christ. The word of God says, you can read that scripture, all those who die in Christ will rise again. If you do not die in Christ, you will not rise again. But you will rise to eternal damnation. And that's a terrible tragedy. Make sure. Make sure that you are found in Christ. Don't make sure you're just found in the church. A lot of people go to church and they call it Easter. They sit down in the church and they do all kinds of things and they think because they got their membership in the church, now they got their names in heaven. They think their name is written in the Lamb's book of life because they are in the church. Please write my name down in that book and I'll pay you my subscription. It will not mean anything on the day of judgment if you are not found in Christ. You've got to be found in him and you will be raised with Christ. And that's why we celebrate today when Jesus was raised from the dead, he came back to life. It was his plan. It was the plan of God. It was the will of God. Men did not put him on that cross. Because Jesus said, I have the power to lay my life down and no man takes it from me. Because this command I have received from my father. And Jesus laid his life down of his own will and his own accord for you and for me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thanks so much. And saying we are found in Christ. And saying we must be complete in Jesus Christ. What has Easter eggs and Easter bunnies got to do with this? What has that got to do with this? Is the world going to celebrate what we celebrate? 
you ask the world to celebrate first fruits and see what happens. They will, they will wonder what you are saying. But they are ready to celebrate Easter bunnies, Easter eggs, have an Easter egg hunt, do all that is carnal and worldly and have nothing to do with Christ, not knowing the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is really carnal and an abomination. How do you know it's an abomination? Inspect the scripture and look at the hidden meaning behind that nonsense. Find out the hidden meaning what's behind the nonsense of the Easter eggs. I love chocolate. But when they gave me a chocolate that was Easter egg, sorry, I will not partake of that because I will identify myself with that. That's what happens. We begin to identify ourselves with the world. And this is what it says. If you look through and find the hidden meaning, it's a pagan celebration of the principal goddess of the Babylonians and Assyrians, representing divinity of love. Not just a love, it's an erotic love. Fertility and war. And do we ever want to be a partaker of that? Do we ever want to give our children Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and tell them this is what it is about? It is not even Easter. Because Easter is a slanted word that comes from Ishta, the goddess of fertility. But if you look through the Bible and look through the word and the scriptures, you will find the truth in the word of God. Jesus Christ is a kind of first fruits. He is the first fruit that was offered to God. We celebrate truly the first fruits of God. We celebrate his festival. We do not celebrate it in the oldness of the letter. We celebrate it in the newness of the spirit. The church of God. The church of Jesus Christ. We are the church that belongs to a living God. A wonderful, mighty savior. The word of God says a little leaven is enough to defile us. Think of all the little kinds of leavens that can defile you. Just think. Ponder on that. How many different kinds of things that have come through churches and through traditions that have leavened and brought sin and brought and defiled us. But we need to stand for the truth and live in the truth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God gave Israel seven feasts to celebrate. Those seven feasts are the Lord's feasts. They were given to Israel, physical Israel, and they point very clearly to his son. Everything in the scripture, as Jesus came to do, was fulfilled. And he said, I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. The law was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every dot, every tittle was fulfilled by him. There are few more that need to be completed in the fall feast. We'll see that. But what happens over here? Seven feasts were actually seven appointed days. They were called divine appointments. When God said, this is my timetable, this is my clock, I live outside time, but this is for you to know that when it happens, you will know who he is. And so those feasts are shadows that point and tell us who the Lord Jesus Christ is. So we do not celebrate those feasts as they did celebrate it. We do not go back and start doing those things as they followed according to the law to keep the feast. But we do keep the feast. The feast is celebrated in the newness of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Because you will be rejoicing in your heart knowing what Christ has done for you. As circumcision was done in the flesh, today you are also circumcised. Yes? But how are you circumcised? In the heart. 
You are circumcised by the spirit. That's what happens. So we do not need to go and get circumcised to say, I've got to keep that so that I will be found in Christ. But in the new covenant, when you come in Jesus Christ, the whole law of God has been fulfilled. And that law makes you complete. Yeah, it's so wonderful to know that I, I've been complete in Jesus Christ. And I looked at the scriptures and I said, Lord, I thank you today that I am complete. But yet the moral law of, of God still continues. God's moral law is still valid today because the world will be judged on that moral law on the day of judgment. That law cannot be erased. No law can be erased. No law is really abolished. It's been fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be his holy name. In the feast of Passover that went very recently, we found Jesus is the Lamb of God. In the feast of unleavened bread, Jesus is the unleavened bread. He is the bread without leaven and he is the Sabbath rest. In the feast of first fruits, what we celebrate today, Jesus is the first fruits. That is the resurrection day we celebrate. We really do not celebrate Easter. We don't go around saying happy Easter. I know we said that in the past, but if you have grown up, we say blessed resurrection day. Thank God for the resurrection day. We can, we can spread the message to others who come and share with us a tradition, but we can give them the truth. What a wonderful exchange that will make them think and know that these people celebrate something which we have not heard about and through that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. Blessed be his name. In the Feast of Weeks, which is also known as Pentecost, Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. In the Feast of Trumpets, he is earnestly expected as the bridegroom, pointing to the rapture of the church. How wonderful. In the Feast of Atonement, Jesus atones for his people, he atones for Israel. Remember, the atonement price was already paid. You have been redeemed, but Israel does not know their Messiah. So those who have come to Christ, they have become new creations. They are no longer Jews, they are no longer Gentiles, but they are called a new creation. And that's what you and I are called, a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. That's how you become a new creation. So you see in the Feast of Atonement, Jesus atones for his people and he destroys the armies that surround Israel at Armageddon. People speak about Armageddon. Hollywood creates movies about Armageddon and they give you a lie. It's actually Armageddo. When Christ the Lord will come and destroy all those armies and Israel will cry out and then they will know the Messiah. Their eyes will be opened and what a wonderful time that's going to be. It happens at that feast and in the final feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, he then sits upon the throne of David and he rules from Jerusalem as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How wonderful when God eternal will come and tabernacle with man and rule with man. And all this is done through his word, through the scripture. We need to be found in Christ, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, find the truth. Look into the word of God. We live under a new covenant. We definitely live. But what was written before time was also written for our understanding. They point out to who Jesus Christ is. Do not neglect the reading of the Old Testament. You often heard the saying, the Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. And the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. Just think when you open up something that's been concealed and you see it, what a joy it gives you to know who our Lord is. I just want to end this before I finish this word. Remember, 
He is the resurrection and the life. He is the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, the bright and morning star, the root and offspring of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the word of God. That's what his name is. This is who our Lord is, the resurrected King of all glory. If you want to join together, let's sing the song. It says, He is the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He is the fairest of ten thousands to my soul. He is the beautiful rose of Sharon, the lily of the whale. He says, He tells me all my cares on him to roll. If you have cares this morning, if you have any troubles this morning, take it to the Lord Jesus Christ.